Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of Happy Sad Confused. I'm Josh Horowitz. Thanks for tuning into my podcast here with Sammy, as always. Hey, Sammy. Hi. Guys, we're on the road. We are. This is very weird because like, it, it feels a little surreal. We're sitting here talking. Usually we talk in my uh, silly little office in New York. Mm-hmm. We're sitting on some very chic couches right now in San Diego mm-hmm. at Comic-Con. Uh, and we're taking a quick break to record the intro from back-to-back-to-back-to-back times a thousand interviews here for MTV. I'm literally sitting in a spot that Alan Tudyk was sitting in, like, 45 seconds Yeah, literally about 45 seconds ago, Alan Tudyk was here. It's warm still. (laughs) He was was delightful, by the way. Oh, wasn't he just a dream? He really actually was. was. And um, (laughs) we should say, by the time you hear this, uh, Comic-Con will have just ended, and hopefully we'll both still be alive. It's not (laughs) looking likely at the moment. We're we're tired, but very happy, because it's been um, so many fun interviews, and uh, virtually all of them are are available on MTV's Facebook page. You can check them out basically in their entirety, uh, really in their entirety. We're just running it all a full chunks and um so far i mean there'll be some more that run after this but um you have to all watch the will arnett one the the life-changing for everyone will arnett which interview magical it, re- it honestly was it, was it will bring world peace yeah, i think we're, i'm gonna need to bring will in for the podcast because that was about 15 or 20 minutes of magic and i need more in my life yeah seriously you guys have something special um, so that was fun. And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, peruse the, the MTV Facebook cause there's a lot of fun stuff there. We've talked to, uh, Cardellian and Dane DeHaan for Valerian. And some big ones coming up tomorrow. Big ones coming up. Tom Hiddleston. Oh, he, baby. You know, it's the magic word. Every show has to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so check that out. And, um, uh, we're really proud of the stuff we've done here, but we need a, need a rest. But, uh, to this week's show, um, We're going to toss to a wonderful interview I did recently with Logan Lerman. Logan, of course, a star of um, Perks of Being a Wallflower, Mm -hmm. the Percy Jackson films. Um, Someone that uh, I really uh, think is both an exceptional actor and just like a sweet, cool guy. uh, And also just a big old film geek. Um, And it was fun to bring him in. And it's always fun just like each show, each episode kind of has its own vibe and energy. Last week was Nicholas Holt, which went off the rails in the best possible way and was like 45 minutes of like stupidity and insanity and fun. You bring that out in people. (laughs) Well, maybe. But no, I was going to say this week with Logan uh, is a really like thoughtful, deep conversation about like the state of film and studio movies and franchises and like all the kind of like yeah, frankly, stuff that like that someone like Logan is trying to like resist, even having done some studio stuff, um, and he's really, really frank and open about um, the kind of choices he has to make as an actor and the kind of material he's offered. And um, yeah, that's all you can ask for in an interview subject. Someone as like open as that. I feel like Logan's an old soul. De- no, s- totally, seriously. Like yeah. I, I met him a few years ago. We talk about it in the podcast when he was kind of like just. I think he had just done Percy or he was about to do Percy and um, I clicked with him immediately. Like we were like, he's, he's much younger than me cause I'm 95 years old, <laughs> but we have like very similar film tastes and, um, and he's someone that, that I always love geeking out with. So like it, he'll win an Oscar one day. Yeah. He's a great actor. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Perks of Being a Wallflower, for instance, check it out. That's an, that's an underseen film that, uh, he's great in and Emma Watson and oh, of course, Ezra Dream Miller. Team. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, um, that's coming up. I do want to say it's, this isn't going to affect anyone uh, listening to the podcast, but a little bit of a changing the guard. Um, this is the last episode of Happy Second Fused under the Earwolf banner, um, and there's no ill will or badness. The, the good news is that Happy Second Fused is continuing. MTV's podcast network, which is has launched, um, is going to be kind of taking over Happy Second Fused. Uh, as you know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, that's my day job is working at MTV. And uh, it was just kind of a natural progression. So it's going to end up, as part of MTV, you're not going to really honestly notice a difference. It's going to be the same feed, et cetera. So don't change anything in your life. But I did want to take this opportunity to thank uh, the great folks at Earwolf, uh, in particular, uh, Paul Shear, who uh, made my day when he came to me and said, I love your podcast, which I had been self-producing. I wanted to be part of uh, Wolf Pop and Earwolf. Um, and he's been nothing but awesome to me. And Adam Sachs at Earwolf and Chris Bannon and uh, the whole crew that have helped in terms of making it sound God. 
way much yeah, God. <laughs> thank Jesus, God. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. No, Everybody but, got here. but in, all, in all seriousness, they've really helped and made this show sound great, much better than I could ever do it since I know nothing about anything technological. Mm. So thanks to those guys. Happy Sag Infused. Uh, we'll just continue and get bigger and better and sillier and She'll dumber. live on. Yes, it will never die. Um, so the yes. Only di- you said it won't have a difference moving to MTV, but actually the only difference is it's now hosted by Tyga instead yes. of Josh Harwood. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Uh, content-wise won't be too different, but no, the voice we're, might we're, sound we're different. co-hosting. First. I'm going to have a meeting greet with Tyga this week. We're going to see how it goes. First, he's going to have to tell me what he... The chemistry test. He's going to ask me what songs he sings, and I'm just going to stare at him blankly. Yeah. It is a he, right? It's a man. Yes. Okay. See, I don't know. I know, I know, I know. I don't tell anybody at MTV that I don't know who Tyga is. It's fair. Movies, guys. Makes you special. I like movies. Uh, okay, uh, enough chit-chat. We've got some uh, San Diego Comic-Con-ness to get to, but uh, I hope you guys enjoy this episode with um, the delightful Logan Worman. Double L. Double L in the <laughs> house. Bye. Talk. Let's talk. We're off and running. I'm just taking in your uh, your office still. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll stop looking. No, around. This, this is this is a homework. It says a lot about a person, you know, when Definitely. you walk into their office. What you choose what to they, put on your wall. Yeah, it says a lot. I think. Uh, yeah, it's all cool shit. This, I, I, I think you know we're cut from the same cloth. I was gonna say. I think our our. I don't know if you remember. It was special for me. Probably mm-hmm. meaningless to you in what? your busy life. Our first meeting, as I recall, was in kind of an anonymous office at MTV. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I don't even know what, when it was, if it was pre-Percy Jackson or what. It probably was. I think it, no, I, I, was it pre-Percy Jackson? Maybe, maybe it was I think it was answer. for, I think it was around that time. Yeah. I, I do remember at the Times Square office there. Eh? Exactly. Which is uh, kind of nice. You guys aren't there anymore. Yeah, it's really nice that we're not there anymore. I mean, like, <laughs> sure, <laughs> Times Square is great, but it's like a, a bitch to get to. Yeah. And uh, overwhelming. Just extremely overwhelming. Yeah, the only thing, I mean, I'm... Sensory overload when you're That's there. exactly how to put it. I always say, like, uh, that last, like, three or four blocks of my commute to yeah. Times Square turned me into, like, the worst version of myself. Like, yeah, I was, like, you would do it every day, like, all the time. Not every day, but, like, but all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. Most days. It's amazing I'm as charming as I still am. Yeah, dude, you must be much, much happier. Much, much, much happier. Can you see here. the weight all, uh, lifted yeah. off my shoulders? Yeah, yeah. I can, I can, I can there's a, there's a, there's an energy of just, uh, you know, comfort. <laughs> you, how long have you been here in this office now? About two years now. All yeah. right. So I'm glad we finally got Oh, you I didn't here. realize it was, it's been that long. Yeah, okay. it's all good. No, but I was going to say like, um, I, I truly do remember that meeting because, um, I don't know if I'd seen you in anything. I'd probably seen three stands of Yuma by then. But yeah, I remember yeah. like, you know, th- there's a, a pretty significant age difference between the, the two of us. But I remember like the third person in that meeting was like the head of like MTV talent. And afterwards Ooh. was was like, was like, you and Logan really got along crazy. What, like you, your <laughs> reference that you were like speaking the same language. It was like almost bizarre. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like 15 years older than him. Yeah. But like we basically have the same. Yeah. Brain. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's funny. You know, you just you meet you just meet people sometimes, and especially when you're, I know, we're, we're both film people. We like movies and stuff. And yeah. It's easy to get along. Um, it's a shame when you meet someone like in your position or if you meet someone in my position and they they can't Clearly. really. Don't speak the language or don't, they don't really speak care. The language, they don't yeah. really care. Yeah. It's kind of a shame. Yeah, yeah because, I mean, it, it comes through in... Um, in our conversations and also conversations I've seen you have with others where like, it sounds like you're just thrilled to be part of this whole process and be yeah, like, man. I mean, you, you, you grew up with this stuff, just loving the stuff, obviously yeah. making the stuff, but you're as much a fan of it as, as a participant in it. It seems totally yeah. has, has being in, in, uh, in the business as it were changed your appreciation. Like, can you, is, is knowing how the sausage is made, uh, ruin yeah. your appreciation of film at all? I don't think it ruins it. I just have a, I just have a, different perspective on the process i actually think that if anything it's made me more uh forgiving of mediocre films totally because they're so you know how much hard into to it. yeah it's happened to everybody it's yeah. still it's a it's always a it's always a labor of love for someone <laughs> a part of it but it's hard to make a good movie and um yeah i'm you know yeah i, I think knowing the the ins and outs and the politics of a business definitely, yeah, definitely make it a little, um, no, cause there's always positives, but there's negatives as well, you yeah. know, and the decisions why movies, some movies are made. Right. 
and the you know yeah the process and the politics behind decision making i think particularly in the studio world yes um especially right now uh where everything is so repetitive and boring yeah um most studio films are repetitive and boring you know but i understand it's business there's other you know there's reason there's reasons for i guess the uh the the approach that some studios have to um towards towards what they're going to invest in in any given year and i i respect that process but it's also just frustrating to see that there's not a lot of original film a lot of uh opportunity for original filmmaking in studio in the studio yeah. world it's a, it's a, it is a strange time we're living in where like um and i appreciate television as much as the next guy i watch a ton of great shows and there's too much in fact to watch yeah um yeah. but um you know my first love and i i would assume yours is like that like there's something in that two hour format yeah. roughly give or take that projection on a big screen yeah it's uh, that we don't want to lose it's it's important to me and and, and i don't think that we're going to lose it because I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe we will. I don't, I can't, I don't know the perspective of the youngins nowadays, you know, <laughs> the people being born into this world where we have streaming uh, services and virtual reality and Instagram videos right. and Instagram stars. I don't know if, if I hope that there, that generation is still going to want to go to see movies, yeah. you know. 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, do, you, do you feel a disconnect from your generation in a way? Because you're, mm. you're, you are part of that, like age wise, part of that yeah. generation. No, and, I'm a part of the turning point in that. Yeah. I really, uh, I had, you know, I was right at the, right as it was all changing, yeah. you know, right as everything, right as, uh, you know, I mean, I grew up, you know, half my childhood without, you know, without the internet really you right, know what i mean right. it's like like a good point you know what i mean like it, then it all just started there certainly unfolding. weren't like vine stars and youtube stars until no that's last... i'm a little late you know i'm yeah. past that generation you know i'm 24 so yeah i i i just i have a um a little bit of an old school love for for filmmaking and uh the way it's presented to me uh you know was presented to me uh and it still is yeah presented um that uh, I'm passionate about. I think that the movie theater experience is important, but at the same time, I don't, you know, I don't, you know, I, I still like, you know, what's happening, you know, right now. Sure. And there's different f- platforms for films and television shows, and that's fine. That's cool. But I still want there to be movies and movie yeah. theaters, and I want films to be shot on film and, you know, good projection and all those things. But, um, it's a shame that a lot of the films that end up in theaters are studio films, and those studio films are uh, just so there's formulaic a and business-driven. Yeah. 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 It's just a bunch of executives sitting in, 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 in their offices going, what properties, and they refer to their films as properties and IP. titles, yeah. <laughs> do we have that we can you know, uh, we can, uh, reformat and tackle or whatever this year. And yeah. it's also repetitive. I'm sick of all these superhero films, all this <laughs> stupid shit. I mean, some of you know, uh, y- every now and then you're surprised by one, but most of the time it's just the same, a remake of the same thing you saw last year. And, um, it's kind of hypnotizing. You still want to go and see it and you're curious about it right. and it's fun, you know, bang bang action stuff but uh, i i crave a little bit uh i crave something that that a film that's going to surprise me yeah um and i feel bad for the writers and directors that you know aren't being championed and aren't being supported when they probably have a great idea when I and I also am you know, of two minds of it, where like there's these amazing filmmakers that I respect, and I and I, I wear both hats because like you know I 
I'm totally a, a geek and a fanboy, and I and I and I grew up with superheroes and like to see like them realize yeah. this is cool. Um, but at the same time, like I sometimes like I feel like um, I'll, I'll give this as an example. Like you know, you worked with James Mangold, who mm-hmm. you know obviously he did uh, three ten to Yuma, it was amazing. That itself a remake, yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah. but 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 worked. Mm-hmm. Um, like I love that he did Wolverine. It was a good movie, and I'm, I'm kind of I think it's cool he's doing another Wolverine. Yeah. But at the same time, yeah. it's like. I kind of want to see what that guy does on his own. Like it's, 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 it's yeah. a, it's a hard, uh, it's really difficult. And, and, um, it's really, it's really difficult. I mean, you know, films are being sold to audiences based on their source material. Right. And the fan base regarding the characters. Right. Um, whether it came from a comic book or an animated series or an old successful TV show, whatever the fuck it is. But, you know, we used to have movie stars, you know? Yeah. And that's, that would justify the development and, and, and financing of, of a, an original idea. Yeah. Because you have Brad Pitt starring in it and you know, people are going to go see it for him. Yes. But now the industry is trying to eliminate the movie star, you know, yeah. and therefore we become, they're becoming for business so reliant on the, uh, the character or the, the source materials fan base rather than building an actor's fan base, which would then also support original ideas. bizarre ideas that, yeah, that hit and or it's, miss and whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, whatever, screw it. Independent film world is awesome right now. And there's so many good movies being made. Um, it's just, no one's getting paid to do them. Right. And everybody is, is suffering the, you know, not suffering. It's just, they, they, nobody, yeah, there's, it's hard to make a living making independent films, yeah. but, well, look, it's, everything's changing. Everything's so complicated. We'll, we'll, we'll turn the sad conversation around in, in a second about the happiness. <laughs> no, that, no, that, there's a silver lining. There's there, great movies coming. There is, out. including, yeah. and we're going to talk about yours, which you know I'm a fan of. Um, Thank you. Um, but I'm curious, like, as that relates to your career, with our conversation, mm-hmm. the first like ten minutes, like, you know, Percy Jackson, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, IP right there, mm-hmm. and and you know, we mm-hmm. talked, you know, we talked about you were up for Han Solo and Spider Man, all mm-hmm. that. that yeah. you, you go up for mm-hmm. all that stuff, like totally, you sh- as yeah. you should. I mean, they, yeah, they, I mean, I'm not going to say no to them if they if they gave me an opportunity because those things, those opportunities, could, you know, they could be a great movie. You never know. Yeah, I mean, it all depends on like filmmaker and those things. But uh, even then, I would th- being a part of that uh, type of film gives you a thing called this like international value for financiers, which it comes down to this whole market, which I'm sure you're already familiar with, you know, right. But I'll explain it, but you know, about, you know, um, different countries. And if you're an actor, if you have value in a certain country, then the theater owners of those of that country are going to invest in your pro in your film, right. Uh, independent film, whatever it is. Uh, based off of your value in that country, and then you can get your film financed through this like group funding of movie theater owners and financiers, and doing a film like you know like a la you know Spider Man Han yeah, Solo yeah. stuff allows you as an actor to then have the ability to greenlight films that you want to make, yeah. which doesn't mean you have the talent to attract a filmmaker to give you the opportunity, but it gives you uh, an edge of everyone else. Like you have yeah. more value. Therefore, you know, you have more of, uh, you know, your front, you're, 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 you're at the top of the list in yes. terms of getting the film made. And it's strategic for the filmmaker to, to get you involved. And it's a good position to be in that said, now they're, you know, these machines are only investing, these machines, these studios are only investing in these characters like Han Solo and those right. stuff, you know, and therefore they make you sign like seven picture deal. So you want a time to one, actually do anything. <laughs> you want time to do anything. So it's almost like, like it's not worth it anymore. You know, I mean, I mean, to do something like that, unless you really just want to be doing one thing for the rest of your career. And it's hard to find time in between because you shoot the film 
and then you're promoting it and then you're getting ready for the next one you're going to be a part of yeah and then there's it's not creatively satisfying well and also like i mean when you go in for some of these a lot of money and great (laughs) wonderful (laughs) but like and when you go in even for like a a reading or like a a, an audition don't you even have to Mm -hmm. sometimes sign a contract that like if they choose you like you you basically signed on oh yeah before you even go in for an audition it's a really sick thing i think it's it's kind of odd uh, yeah, yeah. You, as an actor for like a screen test, you sign a contract that says this is what you're going to be making, and all the specific yeah. definitions of your contract are are already worked out with your lawyer and the studio, and uh, how many pictures, how many movies you're going to, you know, this contract is good for, and and then you sign it. Therefore. You're attached to it, and then the studio has the choice, whether you know, between who they want to pick. You know what I mean? It's like right. no power it's for not you. It's like, all yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's a, yeah, it's it's really a, a flawed um, system for actors, and uh, it's uh, it's yeah, yeah. But it's an ever evolving, you know, industry, and you just gotta find ways to make it yeah work out better for all parties well and segueing into like the business and and the business of independent film um indignation is a great film first of all um and uh some superb performances from you and sarah gaden and and tracy letts and philip roth book great source material james sheamus first directing effort it's got a great pedigree and it works yeah it's uh yeah i really had no expectations with it uh, in terms of like if it would end up in theaters or not and it did and i'm really proud of it and people seem to like it which is cool um it's just different from yeah the formulaic shit that's out there and i'm proud to be contributing to those films at this time and yeah in in in, in the film industry and uh i think uh yeah, I hope people go see it. You know, I really don't know if they will. I really hope they do. I think it'll find an audience. I mean, I think that yeah. hopefully the reviews and the word of mouth and and hey, your name yeah. will help. Yeah, you know, get maybe. it out there. I hope so. What what what? A, um, in a nutshell, what's the attraction of material like this? Because you're also an EP on this. We yeah. should say this is your first. Yeah. Congratulations, you're an executive you. producer, which is awesome. Thank you. I mean, uh, uh, the strength of the of the writing attracted me to the material. Um, it's it's a beautifully written script. Um, it's it's entertaining for sure for me. Like I was entertained reading it, and I thought it could be an entertaining movie. But it also had um, bold choices and uh, rich, well defined characters. Right. And uh, in particular, there's this one scene in the middle of the movie where, um, where. Well, so, so basically, should, should I like yeah, summarize let's the give, film let's, a little let's bit? Let's give them a little bit. So, should 1951, you, yeah, right? It's 1951, like, and the movie's about this this young, opinionated dude who uh, who is attending a, a a you know conservative college uh, far away from home, and he kind of is at odds with the administration and. Uh, falls in love with a with a troubled girl and whatnot, and uh, there's this beautiful scene in the middle of the f- of the script that's incredibly long and intense, and this is this like battle of sorts, this verbal battle between the dean of this college yeah. and and my my character. And it's how, just how long epic. does it last? Because I mean, I, this is what I, I sent you a um, note about I this because it's amazing. It's an amazing sequence. I know that when we were shooting it, they were about twenty minute takes, but I think it's around like eighteen minute scene or something like that. And it's just, it's just epic. And yeah, it's like the action set piece. If you were doing a Transformers yeah. movie, this is yeah. like the set piece of the film. <laughs> yeah, this is like the big action scene in a way, and, and richly rewarding from an audience perspective. Because like, as I'm watching it, I'm like. I don't know. I didn't know the format. I hadn't read the book. I didn't know you know, yeah. read the script, obviously. So I didn't know when this was ending. And like, it just builds, and it's just, it's just so richly satisfying to see, hear dialogue like this, and see two performers of different generations yeah. <laughs> like battle it out, and in an intellectual discussion. It's just, and and each is right in their own way, and I, it's just, it's 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 you, great. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, it's a really, it's a really killer scene, and it really, uh, I, I guess, it was one of the most attractive elements of the script, yeah. you know, and. Um, uh, after reading the script, I got, I, you know, I got it sent to me. I read it. I met with our director the next day 
and uh, we just started working on it. You know, it just kind of happened, and um, I, I was just excited to do something that was different than everything else that I was reading out there. Right. That had real substance and something that I that I want to see, and I think other people would want to see, and. Uh, yeah, it's just nice. I mean, it's 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 terrifying though. At the same time, you know. Do you shoot it all in one take? It's or scary. Do you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we, we went. Uh, we didn't, you know, break it up. Yeah. You know, uh, we would do twenty minute takes, and it would be the whole thing. We'd run through it each time, and um, yeah, it was really epic and terrifying and uh, really fulfilling at the end of the day to get through it and sure, you know, not screw up. So, <laughs> I think. Uh, I think it's one of the. I think it's it's worth seeing. Uh, like the movie is worth seeing for that scene almost yeah. alone. You, you can just go for that and have a great time. But there's a lot more that the film has to offer too. I know that you um, generally aren't. Oh, you're one of those actors that isn't itching to watch their own work generally. <laughs> yeah. But you're an EP on this. That, yeah. So I would assume you have to kind of see this one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've seen it. And you know what? I didn't have. A problem with it, you know. I, it's not that I have a problem with with watching myself. I mean, I guess I do a little bit. I mean, it's just that you know, a lot of the work that I've done lately has been pretty intense work, I guess. Um, and when I'm working, I try to give myself, give as much of myself to the film as possible, and feel as much as I can, and just be present yeah. and when i'm watching a film like this which is an intense film where i had to be very vulnerable and whatnot when i'm watching it i get my i'm like flooded with that same stress i felt on the day sure exactly and it it's hard back. to all watch the, all the my rough stuff comes out, yeah. yeah i don't want to like watch myself i don't know it's like you know you don't want to watch video of yourself crying it's like why would you want to do that right. It's a it's uncomfortable, especially in a theater with with other people. But I was able to remove myself from this one, and I enjoyed seeing it. I got talked into it. I got this whole pep talk from our producer and my good friend Anthony uh, Bregman, and he, uh, yeah, yeah, he he gave me. I was I was I was gonna skip out watching the film when we were at Sundance, and right. he gave me this whole speech, this beautiful speech, <laughs> uh, this like you know total like. McConaughey, you know, like talking the to Wall the, Street, yeah, kind of thing, yeah, yeah, like this, like you know that that football movie he did, whatever, you know, oh, like we are Marshall, total, yeah, like, yeah. like you know Kurt Russell, uh, you know, miracle <laughs> moment where he's like, you gotta do it, and inspired me to sit down and watch it, and I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad I stayed to watch. I think I'm going to try to do that more often, yeah, and and not you know be so self serious. Well, just you can't, like, can't deny yourself the the opportunity of watching yourself perform your first orgasm on screen. Yeah, yeah. It's funny like I that was that was funny, man. Like, you know, the O face or whatever. That seems the, like uh, the worst. I mean, there uh, I I've never had to do research before where I'm like <laughs> looking at myself having an orgasm trying to figure out how to do this on camera. It was like a weird research, <laughs> weird amount of research you have to do for something. Do like I want to get more details on this? We and can what talk about what, it? What, if you what, want. Is, what is what is the research? Um, some of the yeah, some of it I can't talk about, <laughs> but I actually you know I had to like you know I wanted to know I, I needed to really I know you know you don't like think about you know. The, how you are like what your face looks like and things like that you don't think about that when you're in a moment sure naturally you know if you're having an orgasm or whatnot um so i had to be more aware and present during my own so that i could do it justice on camera and watch movies where they do it but they literally have this like shot where it like zooms in like really close on like like right into my eyeball watching me uh, come and it's really quite uh, intimidating. You know, it's like an intimidating day, you know, when you're approaching that. It's like, shit, uh, I have to learn how to do this, uh, yeah. you know, on camera. It's so weird, the, man. The, sa the saddest thing is I can I can actually yeah. sadly relate to this because one, it's, this, this dovetails with, with both parts of our conversation thus far, the orgasm discussion and the commercialism aspect <laughs> because I had to once do a 
MTV promo, like like an actual like paid advertisement for yeah. a gum, a piece, like a gum, and the and the and the slogan was like masticating. It was uh-huh. like that was their thing. Okay, so I had to pretend to be like basically getting off on yeah. chewing gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the worst day of my and, life. And, and you want to do it? You want to do it right? You yeah. know? I don't know. I don't know. It's like I, I was like thinking like, how do you really you know? What do I do? Or like, what is it like? And it's weird to pay attention to it like that. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's so odd. But uh, yeah, yeah, I you came did on it. camera you did, you did a it. bunch of times. <laughs> a bunch of times. It's good. Eat your heart out, Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> Check out. Did he do that in Lincoln? I didn't see that scene. Uh, you know, I believe it's in, the, it's in the. It's in the. It's the director's cut. Yeah. yeah. The extended cut. Talking about the unrated Lincoln cut. Yeah. Hey, you know, Lincoln was a freak, man. Yeah. He was a freak. I don't talk about Mary that. Todd. Yeah. Oh my God. Crazy. Oh, some good. Uh, some good. Uh, good inspiration for. So um, everyone's late night activities. You you alluded to you know like some tough roles. My sense is one of like the last uh, you know uh, on camera interviews I think we did was for Fury, um, and you took a little break after that. Mm-hmm. My sense is that that film maybe broke you a little bit. Oh totally. Yeah. No, I was really exhausted, and I gave my, a lot of myself to that movie. And um, at the end of it, I was just like I wasn't inspired. Yeah. You know, I just kind of didn't feel like working i just in film at all i was like i didn't know i mean no not in film i didn't feel like being an actor i really wasn't sure i just needed to find myself but it's not like i just took time off i did have work to do because once i was done i had to do a press tour for noah because noah was coming out and then i had a bunch of months off and then enjoyed myself and traveled a little bit and then had to do press for for Fury later on that year. So right. there was still work going on. Yeah. It's not like I was completely off, but I, I didn't, you know, jump onto another film for a while until Indignation. And I'm kind of regretting it. Really? Because I was attached. I was working on this film that turned out to be so fucking good. And it was so stupid of me because... I've always wanted to make a film like that, and I fucked up. Like, Wait, do we not want to name this? I would love to name it, but I want to be respectful okay. to the people involved. And um, yeah, they made a great movie, and okay. it was very good. It came out this year, and it was great. Okay, and um, so what? Ha- I mean, like, we, I, 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 you know, as a film buff, I know like Air is infamous for creating like tough sets and that's part of his process and people people get off on it and enjoy it and the product is usually great mm-hmm. but like can you elaborate a little bit on like what it was that disheartened you so much i mean you were proud of it i think and you enjoyed uh, yeah. the process in some way maybe enjoy is the wrong word but you i didn't you i can't say uh, yeah i was proud of it i was fulfilled it was a te- every film is an experiment you know um or at least it should be unless you're just repeating yourself and i don't feel like i've repeated any process and and for this one i was like all right let's see what happens when you give this much of yourself to to one thing and um it was just exhausting yeah and uh yeah david just kind of tortures you that's like his thing he likes to torture people it's david Ayer. <laughs> like i'm sure you read about it all the time or whatever you see all these articles about crazy shit he does to actors because he's a he's a you know sick dude <laughs> and um uh, I just gave myself to him and to his process and you know, I was exhausted. I was really tired. Yeah. I was just tired. I was like, yeah, I just wanted to be inspired again. Uh, I Does wanted to, I want to respect the filmmaker by being inspired. You know what I mean? By, yeah. by being passionate. I'm not trying to just be a part of their movie because I can be, I want them to have an inspired actor who's going to do something and respect their material. So it's like, that's why, I, you know, like after Indignation, I was work. I was after Fury, I was working on this film, but I just wasn't feeling like 100%. Yeah. So I wanted to respect the filmmaker. So it's, it's, it was a choice to for their movie to yeah. have, you know, get something good out of a hungrier person. So, so it was part of like the kind of process or decision making going forward, like as much as loving the project and the script and whatever, like doing your homework and figuring out like, before you set on set that first day that like you're mm. obviously in sync with the director, but also that like, you know, you know, like Kubrick was like infamous, mm-hmm. not every like, you know, or Malik. I mean, mm-hmm. they're not everyone's cup of tea. Like they no, make yeah. amazing films, but some people it doesn't just yeah. doesn't work for them. And maybe some filmmakers just aren't for you yeah. or good for your soul. <laughs> if they, even if they make good movies. Yeah. I mean, um, 
yeah, I don't really care about what they do to me. I'm, and I, you know, I'm willing to experiment. I'm down for anything as long as I like the character and the material and mm-hmm. the the uh, the filmmaker. That being said, like the first thing I look for is the filmmaker, and like I just want to work with 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 you know, or work with. I want to aid you know and collaborate with uh, a director I love. Yeah. That being said, there never are directors that I love that are making films that there is like a role for me in it. Um, and I'd much rather work with a first time filmmaker, uh, that has a killer vision or short film or whatnot, a great script, a great story that they are trying to like, I would like to support a first timer more so than a mediocre yeah, you know, yes, uh, you know, you know, filmmaker with 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 average average material. Um, well, what about what about like I know it was it was I feel like I was talking to you too through that through the process or when you got the role like Noah getting to work with Aronofsky who's again yeah. not necessarily like touchy feely or easy as a filmmaker but no. like is, is clearly a genius behind the camera. I love Darren and like he's a good friend of mine now and uh, that experience was it was cool. I mean, I wasn't very involved. Uh, we didn't really dive deep into conversation about it. The process was a little underwhelming for me mm-hmm. as, uh, as uh, compared to other experiences I've had where I'm more involved and there, there's more passion and, and, uh, was it just, there wasn't convers- much, that much to that character. No, to I just, it, it yeah, it was there. that it was also just timing. I was working on another project and I flew in and like started the movie right away. Right. We didn't have a lot of time to really fully realize, or I didn't, Darren was doing his thing. He's passionate and working on it. But I, yeah, I think we all just kind of flew in and did our thing. Um, I was, you know, uh, it, it wasn't a, um, it was, I wasn't as involved in that process. I was mainly like insurance. Mm-hmm. I was backup. I was there every day sitting around, waiting around in case they, needed uh, someone to come in because there were obstacles when making that film. I see. And, yeah. um, you're, you're the, you were the cover set. You I the- was the cover <laughs> set. And, but I was also, you know, important character and there was a lot going on, but it was, um, yeah, it wasn't, you know, the experience I would love to have had with Darren. Sure. Although, um, I have so much respect for him and I really want to work with him again, but on something where maybe there's less elements, you know, there's less, um, you know, it's not as big. It's more about, uh, you know, we can really just focus on the, uh, on, uh, on the characters yeah. and, and have more time to explore. Cause we didn't, I never really had a lot of time to explore with Darren. Right. And, you want and, that wrestler experience. You want that kind of, yeah, like. <laughs> I want to just, I just want to live and breathe one thing and, yeah. and do that. But, you know, I love Darren and I, th- I like the movie a lot, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, it wasn't that, you know, it wasn't that like collaborative and wasn't, you know, like the other experiences I've had since. What, uh, so what are the, are you consuming a lot of, uh, film? What's the last couple things you liked? Uh, yeah, I've seen a few things. There's a bunch I want to see, but it's hard, uh, because none of my friends wanted to see these films. <laughs> what do you want to see? I want to see Captain Fantastic. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. The Vigo, Vigo's supposed to be great in that. Yeah. yeah I want to see that a lot. I yeah. really want to see that. I want to see, um, what was the other one that, uh. It's a bunch of films that came out. There's that Zappa documentary I want to see. I haven't seen that yet either, yeah. Um, I keep talking about, so I had I had, Ref, I had Nicholas Reffin in here recently. Yeah, yeah, Neon, Neon Demon. Demon. Yeah, yeah. That, I haven't seen that yet. I really want to see it. I'm, I'm one of the supporters. I really like that. I know it's divisive. Interesting. Yeah, I, I've heard, you know, it's polarizing, but like I'm a big fan of Reffin and um, I just worked with Elle Fanning. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm she's like great, yeah. Uh, obsessed with her. Um, yeah. I think she's just one of my favorite people. Um, and I just absolutely adore her yeah. as a person, but as an actor, she's like so great. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I just love Elle. She's great. So I really want to see that. And I saw this, uh, De Palma documentary. I really liked. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was good. It was, yeah. it was interesting. I mean, I grew up a De Palma freak. Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he's got his issues. I mean, you can definitely make some cases uh, in terms of depictions of women maybe back in the day etc totally but like (laughs) it's fascinating yeah it's fascinating insight into his experience i feel like it could have been five hours longer yeah you know and there's more details 
you know, more things I'd like to learn uh, from him. But it kind of reminded me of like the uh, documentary uh, version or, you know, it's very similar to uh, Cindy Lamette's uh, Making Movies. Making Movies of that infamous book. That yeah, I'm you know, it's like yeah. that's the one book you should read if you're interested in film. Yeah. Uh, Making Movies by Sidney Lamette. But it's kind of like this is the documentary version of that, but yeah. it's just not as rich. It's not as, you know, detailed. Yeah. But it's great insight into his um, filmmaking experiences. And uh, the best thing about someone like De Palma or like Lamette is that they're prolific and they are filmmakers that aren't like Kubrick. You know, they're not like, they didn't succeed every time. They're right. not perfect. Right. Um, they made mistakes. And to listen to De Palma or read, you know, Lamette's book, you as a aspiring filmmaker or whatnot can learn from their mistakes. Yeah. And I think that's really important. But um, yeah, he, he gives great insight uh, to Palma into uh, the making of a lot of his, uh, a lot, you know, of, of his films. Yeah, it's really fun. It's funny to hear him talk about it because he's he's he so really dry and like yeah, 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 he yeah. loves talking about it too. You know, <laughs> he really loves. It. Yeah, they they uh, had a retrospective of him at this new New York theater, the Metrograph, that, mm -hmm. that showed all his films, and I saw uh, Blowout up there, oh, which was amazing. So good, man. Yeah, so good. So good. I just discovered that recently. Like I didn't I didn't watch that like growing up. It's or amazing. Anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? Uh, so who passed down? If anybody, did someone pass down like the love of film? Because your your family isn't like an industry family you no. grew up in LA but it's not like you were well my family introduced me to, to films at a young age but not a lot of movies um I think my love of film really started in it was 2004 I saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and I think I just fed off of my uh, my own, my enthusiasm mixed with my best friend's enthusiasm for mm -hmm. film and he would show me films I would show him films and we just kind of shared this passion. So I think a lot of it has to do with my best friend. Um, uh, he taught me a lot too, my best friend, my buddy, you know, he was already making short films and I had no idea how you get the information from the camera onto a computer. I didn't understand what a firewire was. You know, right, I had right. to like learn these things and I just started exploring and then working on sets. I was able to learn more from the uh, department heads and things like that. I also had like a, a neighbor growing up uh, who's a writer and I used to bother him all the time. <laughs> and uh, his name is Andrew Marish and uh, his father, is, you know, Walter Marish, who the great Marish company made all these wonderful movies. Oh, wow. And uh, he would give me all this, all these uh, titles of movies to watch and yeah. talk to me and like teach me about you know, film at like a young age. Cause I was, I was curious, but he was always like not encouraging, you know, he was like, don't do it kind of thing. You know, right. It's like, you shouldn't be a child actor, all these things. It's like, you're never going to succeed. It's bad stuff. You know, he's just kind of like, he wasn't very encouraging about it, <laughs> but he, but he taught me so much, um, at, a, at an early stage. So I would say it, it was a combination of him and my best friend, right. Uh, Dean. And we would, uh, yeah, just started learning about film and watching movies all the time. That's the thing, though. It's like, it's not, um, it's not forced, you know? Right. It's a genuine, just like wanting to, and a genuine interest, you know, wanting a passion for just wanting to watch a movie tonight. It's not like, you know, I had to force myself to be interested and want to do this. It's just what I, think, I like to do. Yeah, I think for any, like, you know, someone that's caught the bug like like you or I in terms of loving film at a young age like it's that's it's that it's those moments like I'm I, you know we all have them like I remember indelibly like getting the double VHS when I was a kid of like Godfather and being like it was like wait no one told me about this like I need to watch everything this guy has ever made <laughs> mm -hmm. and just falling down that rabbit hole and yeah. it's yeah it's not yeah. it's not schoolwork it's it's a passion that yeah. like you can't yeah. and then you watch Jack and you're like what the fuck <laughs> What the fuck is this? That's true. That was misguided. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and now the Bill Cosby part of yeah, it just has so a whole other level to it. Weird movie, man. <laughs> but how did the how did he go from? But you're talking, but yeah, like these wild apocalypse swings now to Jack. I always love that. I kind of love like I mean, like talking like De Palma. Like I I saw like Bonfire of the Vanities in the theater. Like mm -hmm. I I love kind of like those big swing and misses as much as the as the glorious wins in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, they're fun. I mean, sometimes they're fun. <laughs> Not Jack. Jack Not wasn't Jack. as much fun. Guys, don't see Jack. Although, you know, it's always a joy to watch, you know, Robin Williams do his thing. Because totally. even in a bad movie like that, yeah. um, he's so damn good. Yeah. Undeniably good. And it's very rare that an actor can be better than the movie. You yeah. know, it's yeah. so rare. Because usually you're only as good as the film and what the director chooses and to use and yada 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 and i think uh he's he was one of those rare rare talents where he's great in everything he does if, if only it, a few people like that totally it, it feels like i mean i mean as self-critical as, as it sounds like you can sometimes be <laughs> you have to be yeah. satisfied with the resume thus far and that like you've you've by and large like especially for a guy your age like you've avoided like teenage crap basically like there's a lot yeah, like for lot the of, most part most for the most part <laughs> yeah for the most part i've done some shitty work though but i think i learned more about myself through the shitty work yeah than i did from from the projects i i appreciate do, do you do you learn much going through um you know again we started our conversation on the commercial aspect of going through the percy jackson kind of mm -hmm. machine whatever you want to call oh, I it i love that experience man i learned a lot yeah I learned a lot, and I really liked that. Like, it was fun. It was a fun time. I wasn't taking it too seriously right. in terms of what we were making, you know? That's just, uh, that's just fun. But it's a challenging film to make uh, for different reasons. It's a really physically challenging process. Working with the effects and just... Yeah, like, like all, the stunts, and all the stunts. You yeah. have to prep for stunts and do work out every day and, like, learn fight sequences and, right. like wire work and sword fighting and all that stuff like that's hard like that's the job yeah more than acting although you know you know it's really just you know it's, it's not many uh complex emotions um and you know uh you know exploring the human condition in, sure. in a film like percy jackson but there's um a whole hell of a lot of entertainment. I like to be entertained as well. Like I like to, I like those movies as well, but you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, I definitely was craving something more, you know, uh, after doing that. Well, especially when you're working on those for like a long time, you sure. kind of crave, I always crave to switch things up. Like I just want to do different things and stuff. It, it does. It feels like you're owed or we're owed a Logan Worman comedy at some point. I like, want one so bad, but there's nothing good. man. <laughs> I haven't read a good, no, I just read a good comedy that I kind of like that I would consider doing. Maybe it's all about the people involved too. Yeah. I think that's a big part and seeing yourself complimenting the, the material or whatnot. Like I'm not the funny guy really. Right. You know what I mean? Like you need a nice pairing. Yeah. It's a nice pairing. I don't think, I don't think anybody's going to be laughing the whole time with me being like, you know, the, 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 you know, broad, whatever, you know, big character or whatnot. But I, um, but there's joy in being the straight man. There's a, yeah, I just, I, I, I can't do another fucking intense movie. <laughs> I really, I mean, I can, but I want to switch it up. Yeah. really bad. And, just, uh, but you, you can't really choose what's out there, you know. I mean, you can't choose, you know, what you're going to receive. You, you, you can't, you know, uh, manifest it uh, or whatnot. Yeah. I just, um, you know, it's, you know, just, I just want more people to write and send it my way. There's a lot of, again, like talking about different mediums. I feel like the, the, in the comedy space, the best stuff right now is, is like short form and digital and like that yeah. kind of a thing. And I mean, there's so much good stuff. I don't know. Comedy's great. I mean, there's a lot of great, a lot of great comedy out there. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. Um, yeah. I'd love to do, find something out there that's totally different than what I've been doing uh, recently. Yeah. A lot of the work I've done has been really intense and it's like, those aren't fun to work on, you know? Right. Do you, um, not that, not that work needs to be fun. No, sure. It's a job for a reason. Job, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I like these projects. So. Uh, how soon am I going to see you directing? You, you think? I, I it's don't know. I mean, obviously. I want to do it. It's just, again, it's about part of the having finances and all that or no, it? it's just about material. Yeah. It's just like, if I, if I can get my hands on something that I want to make, um, then I'm at home, I'll work every day. Until, you know, getting that film into production and right. do it as structured as well as I can uh, with the knowledge I have of uh, filmmaking so far. And I'm ready to do it right now. Um, I'm always looking for material. 
Uh, I'm trying to motivate myself to write more, but I'm not a writer. I'm not a natural writer in mm-hmm. this in the same uh, in the same way that I'm like a natural um, <laughs> uh, uh, like a musician or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where it's like it's not a chore, right? It for me to sit by a piano yes. and want to learn more. Yeah, it's a chore for me to sit and write. <laughs> it's 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 painful and I hate it. <laughs> but I'm trying to. Uh, challenge myself because it's hard to find good material and have ideas and things I want to do, but I just don't really know how to execute them very well. But I'm always reading and trying to find uh, scripts. I, I just want to, really more than anything, I just want to find a a writer, a young writer. They don't need to be young, but they could be older and start writing whatever the fuck it is. A new writer, a writer that is starting that wants to make great movies. It's and, and their and their talent is is obvious on the page, and I want to support them. Yeah. Uh, more than anything, not even as like trying to take their material and direct it. I just want to find good writers and make sure that they're being taken care of and that their films are being made. Uh, with the respect that the material deserves. And that's all that I'm doing right now. And just trying to seek out uh, those uh, talented uh, individuals and support them because there's not enough good material out there. And right. uh, just send, send, send it my way, guys. <laughs> I'm reading everything. Um it's always good to catch up with you, man. Yeah, and likewise, dude. You know, um, it's 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 always been refreshing to catch up with you because you know you've got your priorities seemingly very straight. And like you know, for someone your age, like you know, you're attracted to good material. You have you're not after the quick fix. It's not about celebrity, all that shit. Um, you know, you talk the talk and you walk the walk. So Thank I appreciate you very that, much, man. I appreciate that. You've always been. Yo, it's always good seeing you. You're good you're a good buddy. dude. Indignation, guys, go check it out. Yeah, check out Indignation. Please. <laughs> Please. Yeah. Thanks, man. All right. Thank you. Thanks, bud. Now, here it is. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Aukerman of Comedy Bang Bang. I want to tell you that now, here this is a brand new podcast festival that's happening this fall. Get ready for a weekend of live performances and opportunities to meet your favorite podcasters. Now here, this will feature podcasting titans like me, Scott Aukerman, doing Comedy Bang Bang Live, in addition to How Did This Get Made, WTF with Mark Marin, with special guest Lauren Lapkus, Brilliant Idiots, and more being announced all the time, including plenty more Earwolf and non-Earwolf favorites. Lock the gate! <laughs> it's all happening in Anaheim, California, October 28th through the 30th. You'll get Halloween off. Don't worry. Buy your tickets now and get all the details at nowhearthisfest.com. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit earwolf.com. Earwolf.